All right, so thank you so much, Amir. That was an amazing khutbah, and it's just so beautiful to hear this topic from someone who not only walks the talk, um, but also feels that deep passion, and it really came through, like, just in your description. I was just like, I, and I've actually, alhamdulillah, had the privilege of visiting it, so um, it's just a really beautiful space that you've created and that you're, you know, passing on to all of us, so thank you for, for all of it, alhamdulillah. Um, so, who would like to ask the first question? Do we have anyone? All right, Hannah. It's not really a question. I just want to thank you because that was such a beautiful hippah, and it's something that um, I'm very interested in also. Like, I wouldn't say it quite a passion because I do create a lot of waste, and but it's something that, you know, I'm working on, and I'm glad that you, you know, provided hadith so I can tell my husband because he's like... <laughs> I'm like, see, it's right here. Because <laughs> he, you know, he is not passionate about the environment, but, you know, inshallah, he will be by the time I get through with him. <laughs> well, he, he can concentrate on, on your, your corner and mm -hmm. your environment and do certain things there. That's a good place to start. That's actually a really good point that um, you can just start small because I think the biggest thing with people and change is it seems overwhelming. Like, how am I going to not produce like any waste or you know save the environment by myself? But I think just little things like you know I want to buy like a composter so we have less like you know going into the landfill from our little trash can. But it's just little things that I think really help and definitely like what you're talking about, the circle of influence, it's very uh, powerful because I shop at Sprouts and I bring like mason jars to like refill the um, the jars and people ask me all the time like, oh, I want to do that too. And just, you know, like each person is like a little seed and, mm -hmm. you know, inshallah they, you know, spread the word or whatever. And yeah, slowly we won't need like the one use like plastic bags for our nuts. And raisins. <laughs> the zero waste, I love that. That was actually yeah, Hannah's idea. Yeah, alhamdulillah, she was the one, um, when we had our first Ramadan planning meeting, she brought it up and um, really wanted to see that as a goal and had some ideas on how we could achieve it. Um, and then we had another volunteer, Ayana, who's really passionate about it. So um, alhamdulillah, we're really grateful to Hannah for initiating that for our mosque. And inshallah, we can also influence other mosques um, to do the same thing this Ramadan. Yeah, I'd love to see what that looks like. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and it's amazing. I think we're really also blessed, and I feel very grateful to live in California. Mm -hmm. When you go to different parts of the country, that that, that kind of consciousness mm -hmm. isn't as much there. Um, so we do now have to. We if we if even if we wanted to, we couldn't get a plastic bag in a in a grocery store anymore. Mm -hmm. But you know, everywhere else in the country, maybe that's not been instituted. Yeah. So uh, it does get into like policies and mm -hmm. laws and things more quickly, I think, here. Um, but yeah, I think we all have to just do our part and and be aware of, of how we are impacting our world. Mm -hmm. And I, I do really believe that too from a human standpoint. Um, we are caring for like we want to care for plants and other things, but really, are we talking to other human beings in the elevator or going, you know, in our in our grocery store? Are we being as humans, sort of connecting with um, our fellow human beings in a in a loving way, mm -hmm. you know, that they know us as caring and loving people. Mm -hmm. so. What do you say to people who? So I think I used to 
be more passionate about the environment and recycling and all of that. And then I think um, maybe I was in high school. I'm not blaming him, but Michael Moore, he basically was talking about how like corporations waste and like how that's the real thing and like what we do is, you know, meaningless and blah, blah, blah. And so it's not like it, I stopped, but it definitely lessened my passion a lot. And I've had a hard time getting back to that place where I used to be. So what is your argument against that? And like, yeah, how do you deal with that? Um, that I'm sure that was probably not what he was intending, though, right? He, it was kind know. of a snarky, no, it was actually a very snarky thing. He was it like, was? Okay. it was something about like, oh, when you recycle, it ends up in a landfill anyways, and it's these corporations that need to do it, not us. So it, Yeah, I definitely think yeah. we can feel powerless and helpless. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, like even with the drought, do you remember when people yeah. would say, Oh, you know, you're saving all. You're 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 not even doing anything because it's the farmers in Central California mm -hmm. that are taking all the water. So if they're not conserving, then it doesn't really matter that you're saving water. Mm -hmm. So you do hear those mm -hmm. things, but I think if you said, okay, if everybody practiced the values mm -hmm. of not wasting, of being concerned about. Um, the plastic things that we send into, you know, the ocean not dropping. You know, I'm driving behind a guy the other day, and, and he simply opened his window and just dropped trash right oh, out wow. of his car, you know? Like, like what's he thinking? He's yeah. not even thinking. Mm -hmm. He does not really care mm -hmm. that anyone has to look at that trash or experience that or deal with that. Mm -hmm. And I think just in everything we do, the values that we have as Muslims, um, as you know, conscious human beings, we have to just conduct that within our lives and do the best we can. Mm -hmm. um, just because Central California farmers aren't saving water doesn't mean I should wash my entire driveway down with, right. you know, t buckets and buckets of water. Yeah. I and also, I actually saw that, that documentary and also uh, others who have made a similar point, but what I learned from that is, uh, number one, we still need to be conscious and active in our own um, environmental responsibility and go beyond that to becoming more active at the level of creating social change through demanding change of these corporations in the sense that, you know, if I am an environmentally conscious consumer, for example, then I can go to these corporations and, and with an honest and integrity, with honesty and integrity say, hey, you know what, I, I, I don't like that you're not being environmentally conscious and um, uh, I'm either going to not use your products and use some other uh, companies' products that are more environmentally conscious or, or you know, so, like, um, uh, you know, something has to change. The, and, I, and, I, and I stand for that change. So it's sort of like um, if I'm not even practicing those values in my life, then I'm not going to be even remotely motivated to fight for change at a broader level. So it, it starts with me and then goes to the outer, outer circles. We have to live that consciousness and, and those values in our, in our lives first before we can authentically and with integrity demand change of the corporations and things. Hello, I'm Sophia. It's so funny whenever I come to, to any sort of church or temple, I always feel like the message is right to me. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of people feel that way. But I just went to the Netherlands and they, as a country, are very environmentally aware, and they, all the people push for this, and the way that they deal with their trash is so special. 
and it inspired me so much. Like right when I got back, I had already forced my roommates, they weren't recycling, and I started making them recycle. And now um, we have peacocks that live near us, and I'm telling them now you can't throw out any food. If it's edible, put it in this bun, mm -hmm. I'm gonna go give it to them. And they are eating it, and now we're not throwing away any food. And um, So yeah, I mean, yes, there's parts of our country that, that don't do it as well as we do, but this isn't the world, and there's so many countries that are doing it, and it helps a lot, and so, and it kind of just shows you that you can, it does make a difference, and, and then eventually it would be great if the whole state was really involved. I wanted to ask you, what are the containers that you take when you go to Sprouts or so, those places? Um, and then the pint is like 0.63, and so you just have to like explain to them, like it's a manual tear, and I think like slowly, like the first time I did it, the girl didn't know what I was talking about. And then like the second time I did it, um, like the girl didn't know, but the, the girl next door knew. Uh, and then slowly, like I noticed that like each time I go, everybody knows how to do it. I think they all trained like all the cashiers like to, do, to know how to do the manual tear um, because I'm like the annoying lady that's like holding up the line. <laughs> Um, it's usually like all the dry goods, so like coffee, uh, nuts, raisins, uh, our oatmeal, and it ends up being a lot cheaper. So like our oatmeal we used to buy, it was like $3, which is not expensive, but now it's like 79 cents for the oatmeal, for the same amount of oatmeal that we're buying. Mm -hmm. But I read in an op-ed in the LA Times once about this woman who diligently separated all of her recyclables. And then uh, she realized that it just went into one place altogether. And she wondered what the use of separating it was. Yeah, and this is kind of annoying uh, situation we have in Pasadena. So we were trying to have the students recycle. And we still do, because we want them to understand the way that they should practice that at, at home and at school. But the. Um, I don't know so who we talked to at the garbage company or something. They're like, you know, it's all going to go in the same place, and we, we have to sort it. But so if we just took that notion and we did, we dealt with our trash that way at school, and we just said, okay, well they're going to sort it, then we're sort of leaving the responsibility, mm -hmm. you know, to to them. So we do. We now we have com we we do our own. You know, we have composting. We have worm composting at the school, and we have uh, recycling, and we do it. And so now, when they get our bags out, if they're going to have see the bags in there, they're going to um, just have them ready to go into the recycling. But at least it goes to helping the kids with the practice mm -hmm. of it. You know. Yeah, Every it definitely builds consciousness. Yeah. yeah. We have the similar um, experience that I sprout. My my youngest daughter, she's um, studying environmental policy, but she had been doing this since probably from elementary school. Like she, like any time, any birthday party or any eat party, we cannot use any plastic, any paper plates. Like who gonna wash all these dishes? Like, but she's like, no. Then you have to buy that recyclable, like a comp composting the plates and those are expensive like how much you can buy so I have been struggling with her and I'm learning from her but um, uh, we have the similar experience and they, they 
they actually, the first time, same thing, like they actually said, okay, bring a plastic bag and we're gonna wait and then we're gonna, so after a few times we went, they, they learned it. Um, yeah, so, uh, but she's going to, you see Santa Cruz, as we said, like, you know, keep doing it and it will happen. The whole campus is zero um, waste. They do 100% composting, the food, the plates, the fork, everything is compostable. And um, even in her um, <laughs> dorm, <laughs> there is no paper towel. <laughs> so it, it says, bring your old hand towels. And like, a, so there is no paper towels. There are toilet papers, at least. <laughs> but there is no, like a paper towel. and. She just came for the spring vacation, and I was like shocked. She said, Mom, <laughs> I bought that reusable pad. I was like, I don't know how to say anymore. <laughs> I was like, we are going totally backward. But, but she said, she said it's totally antibacterial, something, something there, and you don't have to worry about it. But I don't know, I'm, I'm totally shocked. So I went to the, the like a online to look at it, and yeah, it says all these good things about that you're not gonna get any disease or anything. And, but then my other daughter, she's, she's not like that, so she was like, Okay, how that, that makes sense? You are using a lot of water. <laughs> but because you're gonna be going to laundry, like to just to wash those four pads for the day. And that's how it makes sense. So, you know, at the end, like there are lots of things to think about. <laughs> yeah, you know, that is kind of interesting. It's the same thing around diapers. Because you know, you know, you have um, the cloth diapers. I did that with my kids for a lot of their years. And um, but yeah, you do wonder if by on the other side of it, you are you know using up a lot of water. But I don't know. There was something about that diaper that you knew was probably never going to decompose. Yeah. The, the plastic diaper when you put it into the to the landfill. Um, but I think uh, Santa Cruz, Northern California, they mm -hmm. tend to have, um, they're moving forward in this area a lot, a lot uh, more. Um, and then people like your daughter are hopefully going to be in positions mm -hmm. where they're making some kinds of yeah, uh, impact and, and policies, not maybe around pads, but <laughs> around other things. And I remember reading a book to fourth graders when I was a fourth grade teacher um, about a river in New York. I think it was called the Nashua River. And uh, it's a very beautiful story. It was a, a river that goes through in areas that sure the Native Americans had special, you know, f treatment of this space. But there was a factory that um, was dumping dyes into the river. So it had become very polluted, um, very colorful, but very, you know, uh, chemical-based uh, space of water. And um, whatever it w took place in terms of the efforts of the local communities to, um, to change the practices of this company, they were able to eventually uh, give them restrictions to purify whatever they were putting in or, or however they were going to change it so that the water and the river has been returned to its uh, natural, clean 
state and not being just a dumping ground. And you know, I, I know everyone has different beliefs about the role of government, but I think um, when, when government steps in to take positions that do support communities being uh, cleaner, being safer, being you know, better, that those are things that we, we want our officials to, to decide. You know, you company can no longer make money and put dumping stuff into the water that pollutes and harms the environment, humans or otherwise. So I think that's great your daughter's in that field and hopefully she'll make some impact. Um, that's something that's always like uh, catches me by surprise is how quickly the environment can heal itself like we get so easily overwhelmed thinking like oh this you know it's too late we are already past you know the point uh, in climate change but when we do make start to make that collective you know change little by little um, and enough of us do it really drastic healing can take place in the environment very quickly so that's always very inspiring for me. Thanks. Yeah, I just said, yeah, a few things to say. One, amazing clipbook. I loved it. Um, if you haven't given that clipbook before, you should. Um, I think it should be required hearing of, at every at every masjid. Um, yeah, the environment um, healing itself, I think that's um, also something. It's like if we take one step forward, then God will, um, you know, take like a way more steps forward. I forgot what the exact words are. It wasn't that. Um, but there was that hadith that um, if you just do a little bit, then God will, will help you out. And um, yeah, and I think, but in terms of like why each individual should do it, I mean, every little thing really, really does count. Um, and, you know, if, you know, you decide that, um, you know, instead of throwing your candy bar wrapper on the ground and, you know, you put it in a trash can instead, um, you know, that's that's still one less thing that's there. Um, it might not look like something, but it is something, at least. Um, and I think just in, from like, from like another perspective, um, you know, on the day of judgment, you know, God's going to be asking you what you did, um, you know, like you individually. Um, and I mean, you can say, you know, yeah, like the corporation should have done more, which I believe they should, but you know, when it's when it's your turn to be questioned on the day of judgment, it's not going to ask. They're not asking about that. They're going to ask what you did. So, you know, you should at least try to think about how you're going to how you will be able to answer that. And I mean, that's just a reminder for me for sure. And yeah, just something to I guess keep in mind. Thank you so much. This was uh, really right on time and very timely. And and I I really appreciated the way you connected it to our individual actions, you know, as opposed to the, the, the clump in the ocean that we really, who knows what we can do about that. But I just wanted to share that this is a great time for us to spread the word in our communities because Ramadan is coming up to encourage the communities in terms of their iftars, to reduce the paper. I was in Richmond, Virginia, which I wouldn't have thought would be a very environmentally sensitive area, and they were um, selling water bottles, so they were not going to use plastic bottles during this Ramadan. So I thought that was good. And they're not using paper plates or any kind of disposable. So they're, they're getting people similar to what some of the mosques are doing. And I thought, well, you know, this is a good thing. We can spread the word that there's something we can do. It's not really difficult. And this mosque is actually turning it into a fundraising for themselves. So they're selling the water bottles. They're going to have some place that they can they can be filtered and filled.
so that people can use those water bottles as, as opposed to the plastic. So That's good idea. To go. You know, and it's funny, our, our seventh grade class, we take them to the Channel Islands. Have any of you been over there to the Channel Islands? So Channel Islands is off of Ventura Harbor, which is about an hour and a half out of LA north. So most people go to Catalina for their island experience, but if you go to uh, Channel Islands, they're, they're nature preserves. So there's no construction, there's no, there are no streets, it's just a habitat and it's a beautiful place. And if you're there, you're like, you're, you're humbled at being part of that. But they have a rule, it's a national park. I, I don't know where, I know that there's this, they do this in other places too, but you have to, whatever you take in, you take out. And so I think the company that we were using for part of it was supplying the plates, and I think they were paper because uh, this year was the first year we added on our students' list, uh, bring your own plate and cup, because why do we need to have that company that was doing that do the paper anyway? This is a pretty typical thing in a camping setting where you just have your cup and your plate and you wash it and you, you do it. So I think that's, that's important for the kids to see those practical ways you can do that. Mm -hmm. And that maybe it's a little bit of inconvenience to use a mason jar, but yeah, you can do that. You know, like it's new ways to do things. I think it's great. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Not, it's the old way. True, where you true. brought your basket true. or you brought, yes. True. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I had a friend once who was like, the whole world started to become destroyed with, with like mass production because it took the consciousness out of our lives. So like it automated things and we lost our connection to how things actually happen and are processed. And so we also, with that goes our sense of accountability, I think. That's true. I just wanted to say that in our third world countries, the people don't care about the outside environment. They just care about their homes. And they clean their homes and throw the garbage on mm -hmm. the streets. So I think what you said was uh, how to motivate the people. Maybe if we say them about that hadith you told us mm -hmm. that it's a great thing to, if we plant a tree, it is Satrajariya for us. Mm -hmm. So maybe they will think about their own benefit and start mm -hmm. doing that thing. So uh, I just wanted to mention about the uh, devastation of the island uh, when, they, when all of the trees mm -hmm. were cut down mm -hmm. and everything, and the, uh, that devastated the whole, <clears throat> the whole environment. I'm reading this book. It's a biography of uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder, and it is a very, very good book. Actually, it just won uh, the Pulitzer Prize, I think, for this book. But anyway, in settling the West, North Dakota and uh, Minnesota and, and those uh, states, they wanted the people to uh, homestead there and uh, have farms. So they made the land very cheap. And so when the people got there, they, they tore up the, what, the, gra the grassland and everything and tried to plant crops and so forth. Some succeeded, some didn't. But in tearing up the land like they did, it created the environment for fires to uh, take hold. And they suffered terribly because of the way that they uh, violated the environment by tearing up that grass, because that grass, it was beneficial to the environment, and it was no longer there, and they cut down the trees the same way. So they suffered because of that. Just following up on that, um, 
I, I teach at uh, CalArts up in Santa Clarita, and we're working on getting our protocols going so that when we have events, we say at the beginning, thank you to the indigenous people of this place, and uh, in studying a little bit of how to do this in a really respectful way, um, one of my native friends said, you know, you can say, thank the indigenous people of this place for caring for the land and water since time immemorial. Mm -hmm. So the same idea, even though Easter Island maybe was destroyed, this place, we're surviving because someone didn't destroy the water, didn't poison it, didn't burn everything, didn't cut down all the trees. So I, I really love that. Um, and I do want to thank, um, thank the indigenous people of this place for that and um, be grateful every day for when I do have access to clean water um, in that sense. So beautiful. And I love that connection. That's exactly it, right? Like that's exactly when all of this destruction began in this country. Um, and I would love to incorporate that phrase. I'll talk to you later, yeah, in our women's mosque. Um, so are there any other questions or comments or anything before we close? Um, so I'll end with the duas. 